0: Well, if you got a blessing out of that, say amen. That's good stuff. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Isaiah chapter 14 tonight. And while you're turning there, during our missions conference, we're going to have uh, a need of uh, feeding uh, our uh, our missionary guests. Uh, and uh, uh, that will be on Wednesday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. If you would like to have them at your house or take them out or whatever... Just if you would please see my wife. She's putting together the, the, uh, the meal schedule and so forth. If you would like to do that, first come, first serve. But uh, uh, let, me, let me just encourage you, uh, particularly those of you that, who, who have children, uh, you need to have missionaries in your house. You need to have preachers in your house. You need to have uh, evangelists in your house. They need to see you. Uh, having fellowship with with uh, God's people, it'll be a it, it'll be a blessing to your kids. I think one of the reasons why uh, my kids, uh, all of them, are, are very warm to and enthusiastic about ministry, is because they rub shoulders with some of the finest, and I mean really some of the finest. We've got a we've got a picture of, and this will mean something to some of the others. It won't mean a thing because you don't even know who this guy is. But uh, we have a picture of Joel when he was just a little baby being held by Dr. B.R. Lakin. Uh, and uh, Brother Lakin was, was he, he literally was one of the last circuit-riding preachers in America. And uh, <clears throat> he, uh, he came to Green Bay. We, we had him there for a, for a um, uh, week of meetings. And uh, we had we had an opportunity to have him and another guy that you, most of you probably wouldn't wouldn't know who he, who this guy is. I didn't know who he was. He was a song leader that used to go around with uh, some of the some of the various evangelists, and he came to, to lead singing for for Brother Lakin, and his name was A.T. Humphreys, and uh, A.T. Oh, what a blessing. Uh, he he sang a song the first time I ever heard it it was uh, when he reached down his hand for me when he reached way down for me and I was I was on the platform at the time when he when he was singing that song and Brother Lakin was not that far from me and when uh, when uh, uh, Brother Humphreys uh, sang when he reached reached way down way down for me (laughs) Brother Lakin says way down brother way down (laughs) and uh, and every time i hear that song i hear him saying that you know way down brother way down but uh, but uh, rubbing shoulders with uh, god's god's men uh will be a blessing to your family and be a blessing to you so let me just encourage you to consider having them over to your place for and if you'd like to do if you can't do that if you'd like to do something afterwards again talk with my wife see if they're amiable to do that that'd be fine too All right, you should be in Isaiah chapter 14 by now. Let's all stand together, if you would. Isaiah chapter 14, and look with me in verses 24 down through verse 27. It says, The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass, and as I have purposed, so shall it stand that uh, i will break the assyrian in my land and upon my my mountains tread tread him underfoot then shall his his yoke depart from off them and his burden depart from off their shoulders this is the purpose that is purposed upon the whole earth and this is the hand that is stretched out upon all the nations for the lord of hosts hath purposed and who shall disannul it and his hand is stretched out and who shall turn it back let's bow our heads for prayer father we pray that uh, as we take a look at your word uh, this evening god would you please do a do a work in our hearts and speak to our hearts through the word of god we pray that you'd uh, help us to make some resolves tonight each and every one of us Uh, so many times uh, messages are preached and 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 I understand this, we preach against sin, we preach for righteousness, uh, but but uh, oftentimes we come to the altar and and uh, confess what we're not doing. But uh, Lord, there, there's times when we need to not only uh, turn our backs away from the wrong actions, but we need to also resolve in our hearts to do the right things. And we pray, Lord, that tonight would be one of those nights when we do some purposing in our own hearts uh, to, to serve and honor the Lord in a day by day. We pray that you would bless this time together, speak to hearts. We pray that I, I, I ask you, God, please give me the power, give me the strength, give me the wisdom, give me the clearness of mind to preach. Lord, without you I can do nothing. So, Lord, just be lifted up and, and honored and blessed through your word. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You notice there's a word that that was uh, repeated several times in this this passage, and that's the word purpose. Uh, It says that the Lord purposed to do this, the Lord purposed to do that, that he had a purpose. In other words, God's got a plan. God's got got a a, a design that, that he had, and he was going to get that thing done because he purposed to do it. Take your Bibles and turn to Jeremiah chapter 36. Jeremiah chapter 36. And in Jeremiah 36, look down at verse 3. Jeremiah 36, 3. It may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil which I purpose to do unto them, that they may return... Uh, every Every man from his evil way that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin now what what god 's saying here is he 's saying because of their sin, I am purposing to 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 chasten them for their sin. however, if they turn and if they repent, then I will back off of my purpose so there are there are times when purposes uh, can be can be overturned. Here's an example in in the life of the apostle Paul. Go with me over to Romans chapter one. Romans chapter one. In Romans one, look down in verse thirteen. He says, "Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren." that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was led hither too, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. He said there were times when I wanted to come, I was hindered from coming, but that was my intention, and if I had the opportunity, I was going to fulfill it to the help because I purposed in my heart to do it. A purpose is simply this. A purpose means to intend, to design, or to plan, to resolve, to determine on, on some end or object to be accomplished. And as God's people, we need to be a purposed people. You, you know, you've heard the, the books that have been out, The Purpose Driven Church and The Purpose Driven Life and all that kind of stuff. But the, but the truth of the matter is, God, we serve a God whose purpose. He doesn't do things by happenstance. He does, he does it by plan. He does it by design. And we ought to also, as believers, do things by plan and do things by design. We need to make some purposes in our heart to want to serve God. You don't serve God by happenstance. You don't serve God. Uh, by just fumbling through life, you serve God on purpose. I'll guarantee you, when Brother Donnelly goes to the various prisons that he's a- allowed to to minister in, I'll guarantee you he has a plan when he walks in there. Um, I we years ago worked with Rock of Ages Prison Ministry and had a had a prison revival. I understand you've been talking about that possibility as well i am excited about that see me if you're, you're going to go in that direction i think that'd be great uh believe me auburn prison needs a revival they need something they need god that's what they need uh that, that place is a mess this last week it was <clears throat> I, I would imagine it was in lockdown i'm not sure if it was but they had they had a, a suspicious substance in auburn prison and uh, they, they weren't sure what it was, but uh, two guards and one prisoner got sick uh, as a result. And I guess the the uh, police and the, the uh, uh, fire department and the ambulances were over there uh, for most of the day on Thursday. But uh, the idea is when he goes into a, a prison and he, if he has a, a week-long revival, he's got a purpose. I mean, he doesn't just go in there and do it haphazardly. He does it on purpose, and in our personal lives, we have to purpose to do some things for God, and I want us to take a look at four things that we need to do on purpose, that we need to purpose in our hearts. The title of this message is A Purposeful Heart, a heart that purposes to want and and determined to serve God. First place I'd like you to look with me, if you would, is in the book of Acts, chapter 11. Acts, chapter 11. <coughs> Acts, chapter 11. Look down in verses 22 and 23. Verse 22 says, Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Bar- uh, Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. Uh, Barnabas was encouraging folks to, to serve God and he was encouraging them to cleave and purpose in their hearts to cleave unto the Lord. To cleave means to stick or to cling to. Uh, we've just recently gotten a, a, a new family member, so, so to speak, in our house, four-legged family member with lots of hair. And uh, his name is Max. And Ma- Max has to take a medication. Uh, I think it's pretty much once a day, isn't it, Joy? Once a day that he takes it? Benadryl, yeah. And uh, <laughs> he's already a druggie. But what can I tell you, he's just a few, just a few, few weeks in our house, and he's already taking drugs. But uh, in order for her to get him to take them, she she wraps it in isn't that stuff you wrap in the in the um uh in peanut butter, right? Peanut butter in yeah, okay, just just shove a glob in there with the with the uh with the pill. And uh, yesterday I got a kick out of him. Yeah, she, she put it in there, and I think she had a little bit more than what she normally has, and I'm telling you, he could not get rid of that stuff out of his mouth. So if you ever want some fun, you just take a great big glob of peanut butter and, and serve it to your dog. It'll be, it'll be great for the dog and entertainment for you all at the same time. But he's doing that because it's cleaving, in other words, it's sticking to the, to the roof of his mouth. And we need to just determine and to purpose in our hearts that we're going to stick with God no matter what. The reason why I think why we've got so much fallout and why we've got so many folks that are up and down in their Christian lives and Christianity today is because they've never just sat down and said, look, God, no matter what, come thick or thin, come come easy time or hard, it makes no difference. I am going to stick with you. I'm just going to stick with you. And, and, and cleaving unto the Lord speaks of devotion, and it speaks of, of dedication. Take your Bibles and turn with me to uh, Joshua chapter 22. Old Testament, Joshua chapter 22. <coughs> In Joshua 22... Look down at verse 5. But take diligent heed to do the commandments and law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you, to love the Lord your God and to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and to cleave unto him and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. That sounds very, very... Similar to what Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and all your strength. Now go with me over to Joshua 23 and look in verses 6 through 8. Joshua 23, verse 6. Be therefore very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that ye turn not aside therefrom to the right hand or to the left, that ye come not among these nations, these that remain among you, neither make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause to swear by them, neither serve them, nor bow yourselves unto them, but cleave unto the Lord your God, as ye have done unto this day. Now if you look at, at, at both of those passages together, you come to the conclusion that, that nothing is supposed to come between us and our God. Uh, anything tries to come and, and disturb our relationship, disturb our faithfulness, we turn away from it and have absolutely nothing to do with it. And in, in chapter 22 and verse 5, it's cleaving to God is linked to five things, uh, excuse me, four things. Uh, First one is loving God. You're not going to be able to cleave to him if you don't love him. And what you love, you think about this, you think about this in your life, okay? What you love, you cling to. What you stop loving, you let go of. And really, when it comes to sticking with the Christian life, it's really a heart issue. It always has been, always will be. It's just a heart issue. And uh, uh, so in order to cleave to the Lord, we've got to love the Lord. Second thing is, it says, walk in all his ways. Not most of them, not almost all of them, but all his ways. In other words, when God shows you something you're supposed to do, a way that you are supposed to walk, a, a way that you are to go, a way that you're to behave yourself, uh, and, and, and so forth, and, and guide and direct your life, uh, you need to do it. Uh, we're not supposed to choose. You know, I, I've used this illustration so many times, but it's so true, and I've, I've seen it so often. In fact, I was just talking to Joel down in Brazil about this very thing. He, he, he has noticed it down in Brazil, just like you see it up here in the States. As God works on a person's heart, they say yes to God, and yes to God, and yes to God. Then, something, then God puts put something in their path, and they say, ooh, I don't like that. Well, you may not like it, but it's what God wants you to do. What are you going to do? And they draw a line in the sand, so to speak, and say, that's as far as I'm going to go. And I'm just going to stay there. Listen, I have never seen anybody who has said, this is as far as I'm going to go. I've never seen anybody stay there. They always start to go backwards. Always. I mean, every time. And uh, Joel was saying how that he has noticed that down in Brazil. Uh, they'll go ahead and they'll follow the Lord until there's opposition that they don't want to go up against. And then they, they begin to back off and they say, well, no, I'll do everything but. Uh, that's, that's, not the, that's not the heart that will cleave unto the Lord. Uh, if you cling to him, you're going to go where he wants you to go and you're going to do what, you, what he wants you to do. The third thing that it's linked with is is keeping His commandments. Just being obedient. As God shows you something, you do it. And then the last thing is to serve Him wholeheartedly. Uh, Just uh, not not do it haphazard, not do it halfway, but to serve Him and to serve Him with your whole heart. And Can I I say this to you? This is is true in every uh, level and every stage of our lives. You know, when we switch stages of life, whenever it might be, going from a teenager to a a young adult, going from a young adult to a a full adult, going from a full adult to middle age, going from middle age to to, uh, older years, uh, I, I have noticed we use oftentimes we use a change in life, a change in the stage of life, as a as an excuse for backing off a little bit because of of whatever now I realize things change (laughs) uh I 60 gonna gonna be 68 years old this year uh things are different than they were uh when when we came here a few years ago uh when 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 we when we uh came came to Auburn I was 40 years old now I'm, I'm soon to be 68 years old and uh you know, uh, th- there's, there's physical things I can, I can still do. There's physical things I can't do. Uh, there, are, you know, there are tasks that are, are more difficult. But one thing should never, ever change, and that is you wholeheartedly serve God to the best of your ability with what God has given you. But what, I've, what I have found is I've found people back off. And like I said, it's not just... Not just in old age, although I'm I'm seeing that more and more just because I'm getting up there myself. And I know know the the struggles and so on that are there. But you know what? The thing that will make the difference is if you purpose in your heart. I am going to cleave to God. And that implies loving Him, walking in all His ways, keeping His commandments, and serving Him with your whole heart. The second thing we ought to do when it comes to purposing, go to Daniel chapter 1, and you knew I was going to go there, right? Book of Daniel. Daniel purposed in his heart. Daniel chapter 1. And you probably even know what verse I'm going to go to. Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8. Daniel 1.8 says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, this, this all came about because Daniel was, was offered to eat from the king's table. But remember, this was a heathen king. And so there were going to be things on the king's table that would violate Daniel's faith as an Old Testament Jew. He could not eat pork. Uh, poor guy could not, could not eat bacon. Never had bacon touch his lips. Uh, but uh, uh, he, could not, he could not eat those, those. He couldn't eat anything that was unclean. And there were other things that God told him not to eat, not to partake in. And so he had already, before given the opportunity, he had... He determined and purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. And defile just simply means to be unclean or to be dirty. In other words, to, to, to violate a conviction that we might have uh, would, would cause us to defile ourselves. And, and uh, uh, because of that, he stu- stuck firm. Now, now, what he did was he devised an alternative plan and an alternative diet that would not violate that. And after after he and others had eaten that particular diet, they looked better than those that had eaten from the king's table. And so the uh, the prince of the eunuchs was was very was very pleased and uh, was was uh, delighted that that thing worked out the way that it did. And and because of that whole whole deal, because he had purpose in his heart, he had, he made an appeal. And that appeal was was listened to. It was it was acknowledged, and he went ahead and uh, and he fulfilled it. But but uh, he had determined and purposed in his in his heart not to defile himself. And one of the things we need to to determine in in this world. Listen, folks, there are all kinds of opportunities for defilement. There are more opportunities for defilement out there today than there's ever been. Uh, we, have, we, have, we have access to the Internet, and the Internet is a very... It, it, at times, if you go to the right places, it can be a treasure trove. And if you go other places, it can be a horrible garbage can full of stench. Uh, and it's right there at your fingertips. It's right there and available. And we have to, we have to determine and just simply purpose in our hearts not to defile ourselves. you know. All, and, and I'm convinced of this. All good habits start with a purpose. All good habits start with making a determination of what you're going to do or what you're not going to do. And not only with a purpose, but all good habits start on purpose. In other words, uh, you, you do it because you have determined what to do or what not to do. And once you once you have determined, particularly when it comes to defilement, you determine not to do something. Let me tell you, you need to determine to also have an alternative plan, just like what Daniel did. And he said, "Listen, I won't eat this, but I will eat this." And and so he had an alternative plan. When you say no to something, you better say yes to something that's good. And you better take that, that void that might be or that desire that might be in your heart that, that uh, you're going to deny yourself one thing. You better fill it with something that's good and something that's wholesome and something that will help you. Uh, understand that, that we have appetites. And, and appetites are developed. They're developed over time. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to adults who said, when I was a kid... I couldn't stand, and you can fill in the blank. And then they say, but now today I'm an adult, and man, I like whatever. I like liver. I like Brussels sprouts. I like whatever. Um, but you, you had to develop an appetite for it. Um, <clears throat> you know, when I was a kid, I, 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 I never put hot sauce on, on, on eggs, on meats, uh, on a taco. I mean, I just didn't do that. And then I tried it once, and I had the, you know, the mild kind of stuff. And I thought, "Wow, this isn't too bad. And uh, after eating that for a while, I thought, you know, man, I wonder if I could go up a few notches. And so I did, and uh, from time to time, I get the stuff that just rips the lips right off of your face. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Uh, uh, and and, and I, passed, I, I guess I passed that, that uh, ability on to, on to Jason in particular. Uh, he, and now he's down in Texas. He's down in hot sauce heaven, you know. But uh, uh, he, I, mean, he, I, be, I believe he's got asbestos lips. I really do. I mean, he can, he can eat just about, just about anything. But you develop an appetite for those things. And let me give you an example. How many of you folks... Uh, how many of you folks uh, have eaten and like, and be honest, Limburger cheese? Let me see your hands. I do. Okay, There's only a handful of us. You know why that is? Because Limburger cheese smells like dirty socks. It just does. Uh, it's, it's, it's nasty stuff. But you know what? I, I tried it as a kid. And then I ate some more as a kid, and I started developing an appetite for it. Not Christmas time. My wife's got to buy this Limburger cheese cream. And we smear it all over crackers and have the worst breath of any family in town. <laughs> you know, uh, But, but that, that comes over time. What is that, what is that uh, uh, fruit that is over in the Philippines? Durian. What is it? Durian, right? Durian. Durian. And uh, Joy, Joy told me, oh, Dad, you've got to try this. You've got to have it. You talk about dirty sacks. These are dirty sacks that have been taken through dog poop. I mean, it's just... And, and, and I'm watching Joy, and she's going, Oh, yeah, this is good stuff. Yeah, you did. Didn't you like the durian? I liked, it. I liked it the second time I ate it with you, but I've never eaten it because it is really, really weird. It's, no, it's but you amazing. did like it. The second time I was surprised I liked it. Yeah, okay. All right, would you be quiet now and let me preach? Okay, thank you. <laughs> I should have known better than to ask you a question from the pulpit. But anyway, the point is the first time she ate it was disgusting. The second time she ate it, she said, ah, oh, it wasn't so bad. You know what she's doing? She's developing an appetite for it. And you need to develop appetites on purpose for those things that are good for you and that will be a blessing to you and that will draw you a little bit closer to God. You also need to, to define and identify what defiles you. You. Not me. Not other people. You. Because the truth of the matter, obvious, obvious sinful things are going to defile all of us. Okay, uh, God has his sin list throughout the scriptures and specific things that he says that we're not to participate in. But there's other things that defile you. Uh, some of you are tempted by things that others of you are not tempted by. And they might even be something that would be good. But it will take you away from God. It will take you away from your family. It will take you away from your responsibilities. And you see that. You say, well, in and of itself, there's nothing wrong with this. No, but if it begins to defile you, then you need to identify it, and you need to purpose in your heart not to be defiled. Here's another thing we need to purpose uh, in our hearts to do. Go to Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, look down at verse 21. Acts chapter 19, verse 21. It says, after these things were ended, Paul purposed... In the spirit, when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, after I, I, am, I, I have been there, I must also see Rome. Why did he go to those places? Because he, he purposed to do so. He had an objective. He was planning on being a blessing, to the people that were in those cities. And he wanted to minister to them. He wanted to get the gospel to them. He wanted to minister to those that were already saved and be in a blessing and encouragement and exhort them. Go over to chapter 20 and look down at verse 3. It says, And their abode uh, three months, and when the Jews laid wait for him, as he was about to sail into Syria, he purposed to return through macedonia and and again he this whole this whole uh, reason for purposing to go to these places was so that he could be a blessing to others we need to purpose in our hearts that on a day by day basis we're going to look for ways to be a blessing to others we need to first obviously be a blessing to the lost And we do that by showing them Jesus Christ in us. Talked about this this morning, about the fact there ought to be a difference in us, and they ought to be able to visibly see that difference. We need a purpose to give them the gospel. We need a purpose to to, to verbally be able to sit down with them and give them the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then we need a purpose to pray for them. Uh, you know, you know one of the things I've, I've found, most folks, every now and then there's an exception, but for the most part, people don't get saved the first time they hear the gospel. They have to hear it over and over and over again. They've got to contemplate it. They've got to they think it through. Uh, and uh, in the meantime, while we know that they're doing those things, we need to be praying for them. And that's purposing to be a blessing to lost people. Then we need to purpose to be a blessing to save people. Uh, in fact, one of the reasons why, why you're here is so that you might exhort one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Uh, Hebrews 10.25 is talking about assembling together, talking about church. And when we get together as a church, we ought to be looking to be a blessing. We ought to look for someone that we, we can be an encouragement to, to exhort, to maybe somebody to restore, uh, maybe somebody to... to uh, To to help, we need to look for folks to pray for. Uh, You know, I made mention to you uh, this morning about about Karen uh, Corey going in for for tests today, and I assume you did that and everything went pretty well. Okay, and well, you're here tonight, and that's a blessing. And you know why I know she's here tonight? Well, first of all, because I see her, Uh, but. Isn't that amazing? I know. I just I, I amaze you over and over and over again uh, with these revelations. But, but one of the reasons why she is here tonight is because some folks prayed. I asked you to pray for her. I know our folks prayed for you. And uh, we, have that, we have that obligation, but we have to purpose to do it. Uh, you, you have to uh, 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 purpose to admonish one another, purpose to rejoice and have a thankful spirit. Uh, having a rejoicing and a thankful spirit is a blessing to others. And, and quite frankly, when you're a grump, when you're down, when you, are, you, know, you allow yourself to just get down in, a, you know, down in a funk, so to speak, and get depressed, uh, it, it's hard to be a blessing. It's, just hard, it's, it's hard to get a blessing from somebody like that who's grumbling and mumbling and, and, and all bent out of shape. It's important for us to have the right attitude, but you have to purpose it. You have to, purpose. You have to determine that that's what you're going to do. Then there's one last, last thing that we need a purpose to do. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I want you to look with me down in verse. Verse uh, 7. Now, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 are uh, chapters that deal with giving to ministries, giving to missions. And um, years ago, when, well actually when I first came to this church, within the first couple of years... <clears throat> Uh, we had to do some revamping of our missions program, and we did, and the Lord was gracious to us. We used to give missions totally out of general, and then we slowly uh, worked that uh, the other way, and now we give to missions totally out of, out of missions giving. On your envelopes, you see, uh, you see tithes and offerings, and then, then you see a place for missions, well, uh, all of all of our missions money comes out of that missions fund, whatever you put in on a weekly basis. This is one of the reasons why we have a, a missions conference, is to, to bring, make ourselves cognizant of the fact that we need to have a part, we, we need to be a part uh, on a regular basis of missions giving around here. And, and uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and 9 are two chapters that deal with that, I spent about six weeks, four to six weeks, something like that, uh, just immersing myself in those two chapters so that I could see what is God's plan when it comes to giving to missions. And, and it came up with this out of verse 7, that it's something that has to be done with a purpose in your heart. Down in, down in verse 7, it says, Every man is talking about giving. It says, every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Now, this is not talking about tithes. This isn't talking about uh, general offerings. This is talking about giving to missions, giving so that other folks that are in the, the work of God outside of this place Can can uh, fulfill their obligation to God and to others and to get the job done. And uh, when it comes to purposing to give, there are some guidelines for purposing. First of all, you you purpose to give with a cheerful heart. You know, uh, honestly, uh, I look forward to offering time around here. I look forward to being able to give. Uh, I look I I count I don't count that as as something that I just have to do although I should and I ought to give the tithes and I ought to give the offerings and I ought to give the missions but I don't look at it as something that I have to do I look at it as something I'm privileged to do what a black you know again God has been so good to us in America we have we have an overabundance of of stuff if you don't believe that uh, in the summertime, and even now, we even saw one today coming home from church. Watch the lawn sales and the yard sales and the garage sales. I mean, you know, we have, we're known here, what is it, in August, they have the Route 90 garage sale and uh, or yard sale or whatever they call it. And uh, you, go, you go up and down Route 90 and, and uh, it's just house after house after house that has... Tables and boxes full of stuff. Uh, You know what? Uh, God has blessed us as a country. Amen? He really has. Don't you believe that? I believe that. I believe we're the rich of the world. There's no doubt about it. Uh, We're an an exceptional, uh, different kind of country. But to whom much is given, much shall be required. And uh, so God wants us to give and give to the cause of Christ, not just here but around the world, we have the, the great commission that's given to us in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, going into all the world, we're supposed to go, and, and, and we can't necessarily ourselves go everywhere, but we certainly can send others to go, and uh, we should do so with a cheerful heart, because it's, it's a blessing to be able to do that. Uh, don't allow yourself, when it comes to purposing to give to missions, don't allow yourself to, to be pressured uh no, notice, notice in that verse, it says, every man, verse 7, every man has a purpose within his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, in other words, you ought to do it cheerfully, or of necessity, just because somebody puts the pressure on you. That's not why you ought to give. You ought to give because God's putting the pressure on you. You ought to give because God's put a burden in your heart. And then, then uh, you ought to, to give not in the heat of emotion, one of the things that I have purposed in my heart that uh, I don't want people to do is I don't want missionaries to come here and t- tug on your heartstrings and then immediately ask you for a commitment. I don't think that's wise. And the reason why is because you, then you're just, you're just giving out of emotion and emotion alone. No, go home and pray about it. We have a missions conference, and it's coming up. One of the things we're going to ask you to do is to pray about what part God would have you to have in what we call grace, purpose, missions giving. And, and uh, uh, we have a conference that will go from Saturday to Wednesday. But you know what? We don't, we, don't, we don't ask you to make any purposeful commitment to God until Sunday. And that's on purpose. <laughs> How do you like that? That's, that's, that's purposeful. Uh, and and uh, we do that so that the emotional fervor wears off, and you do it because you know that God is leading that way, and you have had time to pray about it instead of just get in, in an emotional frenzy over the thing. Uh, looking up one verse before that. Look at verse 6. But this I say, he which so sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. When it comes to purposing to give to missions, we ought to, to do so bountifully. Again, our, our church over the last few years has given more to missions than, than we ever have before in, our, in the history of our church. And not just in the missions program, but there have been other things. We, we took, uh, we didn't take it, we sent to, to Joel and Tina uh, over four thousand dollars in, a, in a, a, an offering, just special offering that we took, gave everybody an opportunity to be a blessing to them as we were going down there. And uh, and anytime I go somewhere or our church takes a missions trip, not everybody goes, obviously. So we give you an opportunity to to give to that particular ministry. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, they, they ended up receiving, like I said, over, over four. I think it was $4,700, something like that. And uh, uh, I believe that one of the reasons why God has, has, has so bountifully taken care of this church the way that he has is because we give to missions. And, you know, the the principle is in verse 6. He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. But if you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. And we've seen that happen over and over again. it also give sacrificially. Look back up to chapter 8. Look at verses 1 through 4. It says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality, for to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we should receive the gift and and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us, By the will of God. In other words, they gave gave bountifully, but they also gave very sacrificially. Uh, The Macedonian churches did. They didn't didn't have an abundance, but they even gave out of their poverty, and it was a sacrificial giving. Uh, And and when it comes to purposing in your heart, you can't give what you don't have. Now, you you can promise to give what God will give you, uh, you know, we're doing that with the, with the missions bank. We're asking you to pray, and as God brings in unexpected money, you purpose in your heart to put, pull that off to the side, save that up, and then, and then bring that to the offering that night. And, and that's fine, but on a day-by-day basis, you can only give what God gives to you. And so you don't, you don't give what you don't have, how many times have you heard somebody say, "Well, you know what? If if I had and fill in the blank thousands of dollars, if I had them, if I had a million dollars given to me, you know what I'd do? I'd give half of it to missions." Wow, bless your heart, that's great. I don't want to know what you do with what you don't have. What are you doing with what you do have? What are you doing with all that God has given to you? And then last of all, you, you give as God has given to you. Go to Second go Corinthians chapter eight. look down in verses 12 down through 15. Verse 12 says, "For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. For I mean not that other men be eased and ye burden, but by an equality that now, at this time your abundance, May be a supply for their want. Their abundance also may be a supply for your want. That there may be equality, as it is written, "He that had, he, he that had gathered much had had nothing over, and he that had gathered little had no lack." Uh, the idea there is, is, as God has blessed you and God has given to you, uh, you give back to Him and to, to His for His service. Um, uh, there, there is no comparing. In fact, the Bible says, comparing themselves among themselves, they were not wise. I don't give what I give because of somebody else giving what they give. I give because of what God has given me, and then what, what, what I know that I need to give on a, on a weekly basis. Uh, we're just simply channels. That's all we are. We're just, we're just channels of blessings. And as God flows it through you, we have a responsibility to, to uh, uh, give it to others. But you've got to purpose In your heart. That's why we've called it grace, purpose, missions, giving. So these are four things that we need to purpose. And the invitation tonight is just simply this: Uh, if there's an area where you have not recently, uh, or maybe you you did and you slipped from it, but you 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 have not purposed in your heart to do some of these things, the invitation is. Decide what you're going to do, come to the altar, and, and tell God what you purpose to do in your heart. Four things we need to do. We need to purpose to cleave to God. In other words, nothing's going to stop me from serving you. I, I don't care what happens in my life. I don't care what circumstances happen in my family. I don't care what kind of uh, head-knocking I might go through with other Christians. Uh, I am not going to stop serving God. I'm going to, and Not only am I not going to stop, I'm going to cleave to Him. I'm sticking with Him. That, there's, a, there's a strength that's implied there. We're going to cleave to the Lord and de- decide in, in your heart and mind tonight you're not going to defile yourself. You know what defiles you. And you know when you've slipped. And you know when you've held firm will determine in your heart tonight what is not going to defile you and that you will not be defiled. And then then the third thing we need to purpose is just to be a blessing. You know, When was the last time you prayed before church and said, Lord, as I go to church today, help me be a blessing to somebody. Lord, as I go to work today, help me be a blessing to somebody. Hey, Lord, today's my day off,
1: and I'm going to be home.
0: Help me to be a blessing to one of my family members. Purpose in your heart to be a blessing. And last of all, purpose to give. You know, Brother Donnelly talks about the fact that, that there are, there are uh, uh, many areas in, in uh, Rock of Ages cr- prison mission where there just know, there aren't any people. That's, it's usually for two reasons. Number one, uh, folks are not surrendering to go. But number two, sometimes they've surrendered to go, but they don't have the funds to get there. They don't have the funds to complete it. They don't have the funds. Well, we need need a purpose in our heart that we're going to have a part in giving to missions so that other folks can get the gospel. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we pray that you would indelibly impress upon our hearts tonight the things that we need to purpose to do. Uh, as a people god we need to we need to determine some things in our hearts and lives, and then we need to come up with a plan to do it. so many times we just find ourselves bouncing back and forth to the altar because of sin that's in our life and i, I that's good i mean i'm I'm glad we do that uh, when you convict our hearts, but sometimes we do it more often because we've not purposed in our hearts the right that we're going to do we haven't purpose to give and we haven't purposed to be a blessing and and uh, lord there's just things we have not yet purposed in our hearts to do may tonight be a night of purpose may we determine in our hearts that we're going to lord we're going to cleave to you and we're not going to let go father i pray that you bless this, this invitation speak to our hearts and as you do May we respond to you and to your spirit. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together.